as accurate as standby wait times for the Rise of the Resistance attraction and as sharp as Mjolnir, it's once again time for Fandom and Fodder. Fantastic! A daily pop culture and entertainment news podcast covering theme parks, all types of gaming, comics, and a whole lot more. If you can be a fan of it, Weave, that's me, has got your fodder for it. Hello, my name is Aaron, and here's what I have in store for you today. It is Fandom Frenzy Friday, friends. That's four Fs today. Oh, wow. And that means that I'm covering one news story, just one news story from each of the 16 different categories that I normally report on. It's going to be a lightning round, or should I say a lightning lane of information. And then a very special segment at the end of this episode right here called Blast from the Fact. We're going back in time and we're going to look at some entertainment news from this day, but in 1985. Before we get into Fandom Frenzy Friday, please just take a second to subscribe to the show or follow the show and then leave a five-star review if you think, only if you think, only leave a five-star review if you think that the Disney Plus logo is a subtle nod to the Death Star. I mean, look at it. It's got like that half circle and that leads to the plus sign, which is kind of in the location of where the dish for the super laser would be. I don't know. You let me know what you think. Also consider leaving a written review of this show. You can let me know what you've thought of the episode so far. But more importantly, this is what I'm really concerned about. I want to know what you think a better name for the Death Star's super laser would be. Because right now that's what it's called. It's called the super laser, which sort of makes it sound like a fun laser suitable for children's birthday parties. What would you have called it if you wrote Star Wars? Let me know in a written review, and then I will tell you my thoughts on renaming the Death Star's Destructo Beam. And no, Destructo Beam is not my answer on that. I'll let you know what I think we should rename it to at the end of this show. All right, let's delay no longer and get to the fodder with 16 super fast categories we have, starting with theme parks. Soarin' Over California is returning for a limited time to Disney's California Adventure in Anaheim. It's going to be running through April 25th of 2023, which coincides, incidentally, with the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. All I'm going to say on this, and I'm sorry to offend, but they really should just leave it as Soarin' Over California. I say they reshoot the whole thing in 8K, upgrade the projectors, call it Super Soarin' Over California or Soarin' Over California HD, or better yet, you wrap the entire like things that you sit in on Soarin' California, you wrap those all in something that looks like Thor's hammer, and you call it Mjolnirin' Over California. I mean, Adventures Campus is just right across the breezeway there, so that that's my vote. Moving on to board games, Shea Sharma, who is just 15 years old, has become the youngest board game developer to get a deal on Dragon's Den. What's Dragon's Den, you're asking? Well, it's like Shark Tank, but exactly like it. The Dragon version started life in 2001 in Japan, where it was known as the Tigers of Money. Incidentally, Shark Tank started in 2009, so it's probably more accurate to say that Shark Tank is like Tigers of Money, not vice versa. Shay Sharma, just 15 years old, got a deal for his game Football Billionaire, a football manager game that he's already reportedly sold 65,000 copies of. I did do a little digging on this and saw a forum post about this game as early as 2017, which would mean he was around nine years old when he made this game. Or he had some, let's call it non-trivial help from a parent, and I think he is technically listed as the co-founder. Regardless, Shay Sharma, congratulations. 
on to card games. And woo, this was a tough one for Friday to come up with any interesting news. So let's say uh, the Black Lotus Magic the Gathering card auction that we reported on earlier in this week. Well, it's still holding steady at $220,000. No further bids on that. So act now and you could be the owner of a Black Lotus signed card for just a quarter million dollars. And hey, did you know that Genshin Impact had a trading card game? Genshin Impact, the popular anime-ish art style multiplayer available on iPad and other places game that's popular with middle schoolers and middle schoolers of all ages. Well, it got a TCG about three months ago. Interesting. And you're like, hey, that's old news. And I'm only telling you because TCGs were hard to report on today. And it's possible. Maybe this weekend you're out and about and somebody engages you in a Genshin Impact trading card game conversation. I recommend you say something like, yeah. Right now I'm running the uh, Burn Quicken Overload deck, but I was really thinking about spending some time sort of building up a Quicken Aggravate Spread deck. On to video games. And you know what? In the video game world, it's a very special day today because March 10th is Mario Day and everything is just coming up plumbing in the news. Nintendo, of course, is celebrating in style. The third and final trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie came out. And then this is kind of interesting. Nintendo made and unveiled like a real life set of Super Mario's brown boots. These are like real boots. You can't buy them or anything like that, but you can look at them at the Nintendo store in New York where they were unveiled or online by searching like real Super Mario Brother boots or something like that. And hey, I have a quick question for you. Of these four star studs, sneaker fans, which one do you think is most likely to buy these real-life Super Mario Brother boots if, if they became available? Like, the one pair. Who would buy the one pair? They'd be expensive. Do you think it would be Justin Timberlake, Mark Wahlberg, DJ Khaled, Missy Elliott? Who are you going with? I'm going with DJ Khaled because he owns a reported 10,000 pairs of sneakers. Currently, though, putting his collecting on hold while he builds up his son's collection. So, I don't know. Seems like a good fit to me. We got some mobile game news, and it's pretty good. Last of Us star and Mandalorian helmet-wearing Pedro Pascal showed up in a mockumentary short video that's actually an ad campaign for a mobile game called Merge Mansion. You can search YouTube for Merge Mansion Pedro, or probably just Merge Mansion, and watch that. I have watched it, and for a trailer for a mobile game that is of the in-app purchase, sort of like Candy Crush sort of thing... This thing's better than Mando season three so far. It's totally worth a watch. Pedro Pascal is just fodder for awesome right now. So let's move on to escape rooms. BoardPanda.com just released an excellent article entitled 60 Crazy Epic and Funny Escape Room Stories from Both Workers and Customers. It's like a collection of people telling their escape room stories, and it's pretty good. Here's one of the highlights I thought from the article. This is from a player, and they stated... We walk in to a pirate-themed escape room. There is treasure on the floor. A cannon, a parrot, scattered maps, and a piano. My friend is like, oh, cool, I can play some backing music. And then proceeds to play the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. Clunk, the door unlocks, and the game is over. 
I guess the whole point was to solve puzzles in order to collect pieces of the sheet music for the theme song. Best 30 seconds and 20 pounds I ever spent. You can search BoredPanda.com for 60 Crazy Epic and Funny Escape Room and read the article for yourself. Cons and festivals. Hey, here's a Screen Rant exclusive article, which begs the question why my vocal cords are allowed to report on in anyone. Who loves the magic of a comic book convention need look no further than Ahoy Comics' upcoming homage to Comic-Cons in their June 12th mini comic book series called Con and On. As in Con and On and Con and On and Con and On. That's not in the article. In a poorly written article with important details buried in it like a semantic escape room, I was able to decipher that Con and On is a five-part comic book miniseries. It's going to start its run on July 12th. It's written by Paul Cornell of Doctor Who, drawn by Marika Cresta of Star Wars Doctor Afra, and is reported to be a tragic comedy which centers around the fictional convention known as the Vista All-Mar Comics Festival. In comic book news... See the previous article that I just talked about. Is that cheating? Do you feel like that's cheating? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you guys just got like cheated out of comic book news? Some people might say that's efficiency, covering two categories with one story. In graphic novel news, Daniel Close announced a new graphic novel called Monica coming out October of this year. Monica presents readers with the biography of the title character's life through a series of interconnected stories. It looks great, I gotta tell you, so far. And let me give you a quick rundown on Daniel Close. He wrote Eight Ball. He wrote the very popular Patience. He also wrote Ghost World, which he turned into a screenplay and then it became a movie. He wrote a bunch of other screenplays and not most notably, but most interestingly, he wrote the screenplay about the three kids who remade Raiders of the Lost Ark shot for shot. In toy news, we got an announcement from Hasbro. We are in the second week of Mando Mania, Disney and Lucasfilm's latest merchandise campaign. And Hasbro, I'm telling you, they're showcasing some upcoming toys inspired by The Mandalorian and The Book of Bubba Fett. For those of you who don't know, The Mandalorian is a show that took a fantastic and subtle character actor named Pedro Pascal and forced him to wear a helmet 97% of the time, making it impossible to relate with anything he is feeling. And The Book of Boba Fett is a pointless show that takes the helmet off a beloved galactic mercenary and makes him do a lot of talking about things that are hard to understand or care about. Fans of The Mandalorian will love Hasbro's new N1 Starfighter action figure set joining the Star Wars Mission Fleet line. It includes not only the N1 Starfighter, but it includes a 2.5-inch Mandalorian figure. A Grogu is also included, and to me, looks to be about the size of a piece of Orville Redenbacher popcorn. The, the, after it's popped, not, not a, like a kernel. The Grogu is the size of Orville Redenbacher popped popcorn. This is like not a sentence you should ever put into any podcasting show notes because it's really difficult to say. Also includes an Orville Redenbacher popped piece of popcorn-sized Grogu. Movie and TV news. Was James Gunn just announced or leak announced as the confirmed director for the Superman reboot movie? News outlets all over the place reporting that this possibility accidentally confirmed piece of information might be true, which is why I find reporting on anything in the movie or TV world a little bit challenging. 
James Gunn, though, apparently the official director of Superman Legacy, at least for this week, which is almost over. In Hollywood, hey, guess what the groundbreaking news is in Tinseltown? Hold on to your hats and glasses. This year's Oscar carpet won't be red. The Hollywood Reporter in a 60,000-word article reporting on why this year's Oscar carpet is not red, but instead champagne-colored. In said article, it gives some crazy reason for the red carpet being champagne-colored, having to do with it being easier to transition to the more elegant, evening-appropriate color when arrivals span both midday and early evening. I don't know, but the red carpet is champagne-colored this year. I think somebody misplaced the red carpet. That's what I think happened. In pinball news... PC Gamer is reporting that the popular virtual pinball table from 2019 called Demon Tilt, which really embraced sub-games and all sorts of other gameplay not typically associated with classic pinball, well, there's a sequel for it coming out this year. That's right, the new virtual table, which is called Xenotilt. It's a sci-fi-themed cyborg-type thing. It's going to be out later this year with all the planned launch content, including a new time-a-mode tack, which was inspired by speedrunning. In the ever-popular miniature golf news, today over in Washington, D.C. at the Navy Yard, the adults-only Swingers Crazy Golf Club tees off, which is what you have to say in a miniature golf article when you mean is now open to the public. Situated a block away from Nationals Park, the ridiculously large 23,000-square-foot entertainment venue boasts three bars, three miniature golf courses, four eateries, multiple lounges, a merchandise shop, and a 3-D photo booth, which is the same thing as a 3-D photo booth with a dash in the middle. In cartoon news, this is actually pretty cool. Amazon has saved Batman, colon, Caped Crusader. The animated show from J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Timm has received a two-season order at Amazon after HBO Max previously canceled it in August. So boo on you, HBO Max. And yay, Amazon. Can't wait to check out Batman Caped Crusader when it releases at a time that nobody knows right yet. In Lego Brick News, Lego Donkey Kong will be joining Lego Super Mario sets sometime this summer. This was teased throughout the week on Lego's social media channels. Lego Donkey Kong is roughly the same size as Lego Mario. He's, he's actually a little bit bigger and can actually carry the plumber on his back. All right. Hey, that's the Fandom Friday Frenzy or whatever I called it at the beginning of the show, but we're not done. I now invite you to come with me to the most magical decade ever lived and the most magical year in that decade. We're going back to 1985 and we're looking at the March 10th paper from the New York Times, which happened to be a Sunday, so it's a big one. And in this Sunday paper from 1985, RCA is advertising their Select Division VCR with front-loading features, electric tuning, still framing, high-speed searching, for a mere $421. That's $421 for a VCR that takes one VHS tape, 
that you're now able to just push in from the front. I don't know if you remember that. Sometimes you had to top load them and press them down. Now you just you kind of take the VCR tape, the VHS tape, and you put it up to the to the loader, pressed it in a little bit, and then like a some kind of like internal magic goblin grabber thing grabbed it and pulled it inside of the uh, VCR. It has that. You could still frame it, and I'm going to let you use your imagination on what teenage boys of 1985 did with the still frame feature, and it only cost $421, which seems it seems really high to me, and that's $421.1985. I mean, that, I don't know what that is. I could look it up. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to say that's $4 billion in 2023 money. You just walk down to like a, some electronic store and lop down a bunch of cash. But for that $421, you get to watch over and over again your favorite movies from 1985. They wouldn't have been out on VHS yet that same year. You had to wait like another nine decades to get those things on VHS. We're still waiting. Still waiting for my copy. An article on Eddie Murphy starts off. Eddie Murphy is coming back to his hometown, a superstar with his Beverly Hills cop breaking box office records. Mr. Murphy is now the hottest actor in Hollywood. I think... I didn't pick this on purpose, but I think there is a Beverly Hills Cop reboot or a sequel or something out or coming out. I should know, but I don't. And then there's this article, warning of the dangers of this new thing that seems to be everywhere called music videos. On television, there is Miami Vice, a police show set to rock music filmed in pastel colors and from odd and sometimes jarring angles. At every turn, there's the imagery and sounds of the music video. The first new form television has yielded in decades is having a pronounced effect. Only three years old, the notion of melding highly stylized, rapidly cut video montages with rock music is echoing throughout popular culture. <laughs> and you're going to love this next paragraph, which I'm going to continue to do in my 1985 news announcer a voice. But experts are concerned about potential ill effects. Most music videos are essentially superficial, freighted with false significance, dazzling to the eye, yet largely devoid of insider ideas. Social scientists worry that the visual pace and techniques of the music video, especially the rushed, disjointed images, coupled with an aura of indifference or alienation, will create a kind of emotional blankness in viewers. Well, I got news for you, 1985 New York Times. Music videos don't hang around for that long, at least not in popular culture as they did when they were first released. Eventually, I think being replaced on MTV by Road Rules, the real world, essentially reality TV. And now, what would you think of short form video like Reels and TikTok? Hey, speaking of the dangers of music videos, I really do have to say that that danger seems to pale in comparison to the destructive powers of the Death Star, which has a laser called the Super Laser. I think we have a couple of options if we're going to rename this thing. We can go like kind of serious and call it the Dread Beam, which is okay. We can go ironic, which I like, and call it the Sinister Sparkle. That that would have been better. Or we can make it sound friendly so people are you know not so afraid of it and less expecting of its awesome power. And just call it Melvin. You don't know the destructive power that Melvin has. That was my best Darth Vader guy. Sorry, doesn't get any better than that. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week to Fandom and Fodder. I hope you have a safe, fun, and relaxing weekend. Taking a movie 
as they used to say. And if you found yourself entertained or informed by this show at all, please consider following or subscribing to it, leaving a five-star rating, or better yet, a review, and tell me what you think a better name for the Death Star Super Laser would be. And I will talk to you again on Monday. Dun dun dun